Welcome to another episode of BS with Brett. In today's episode, I want to talk about this past MLB draft and how it relates to the Phillies. Um, I want to do a little, you know, state of the Phillies, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm really not in baseball mode still. Um, I will be as soon as the owners and players come to an agreement, but just with all this negative attention, negative press, Lately, between the two sides, it just makes me, you know, less and less interested. And I'm just really not feeling what they got going on right now. So I definitely hope the two sides can come to an agreement here soon. And uh, I think uh, just staying hopeful is all we can do. But without further ado, um, let's talk about the Phillies draft picks. So they picked 15th overall in the first round a few days ago and they picked the first high school pitcher off the board his name is McLean uh, Mick Abel he's right handed pitcher from Oregon 6'4", 6'5", good build like I said the number one high school pitcher off the board you know I, I had seen some smoke with um, kid named Crisco was it? Dude from um, Central Bucks East, maybe. So, you know, I, I heard that he was throwing gas as well. But, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you never know. We'll, we'll have to see which prospect turns out better. But, you know, I'm glad they didn't just go with the hometown kid. If Mick was the number one pitcher, number one high school pitcher, and just, you know, best pitcher on their board, and they made that pick, then, you know, that was the right thing to do. So, you know, looks like he's mid-90s, three-plus pitches. You know, from what I've seen, it looked like what I like the most so far is, you know, throwing full-count breaking balls and getting strikeouts in the, uh, I think it was the perfect game, All-American game. You know, anytime you can throw breaking balls and off-speed at a young age, you know, in full counts and leverage counts, then, you know, it shows that you got something to you. So that's exciting. I saw a comp to Justin Verlander. So, you know, you love to hear that. We'll just have to see, though, man. You know, baseball and baseball draft, it's a, you know, it's a complete shit show. You just really never know, especially... You get these high school age kids, man, you know, mix 18, maybe, maybe 19, you know, but he's young and all you can really hope for once these guys get picked up and get put into the minor league system is that they improve and they don't get hurt. You know, basically, if they don't show improvement and then if they get hurt, it just doesn't help their chances. So, you know, as long of a road as it is, I have all the respect for guys that make it through the minors and you know make it to the bigs and then just those career journeymen in the minor leagues that you know been all over the map just grinding through double a triple a you know you just have so much respect for those guys because it truly is a grind man you know i think baseball is just different like that you know you don't get drafted and go straight to you know the philadelphia phillies you're going to clearwater you're going to rookie ball, and you got to work your way up. So you, you truly do earn it, and um, you know, all we can hope for is that Mick turns out to be a uh, 
quality pitcher in the Phillies rotation. Hopefully, you know, it sucks to say, but he's 18. Don't expect to see him before he's 21, you know, at the minimum. So all you can hope for is the best with him. And then uh, I think so. their second pick was in the third round. They picked a shortstop from Arkansas named Casey Martin. And I saw that, you know, they said and they thought they were very fortunate that he slid to where they picked him. And from the scouting reports I saw, you know, he's quick, good defender. Maybe there's some throwing errors. You know, he moved from third base to shortstop. You know, you can always work on the throw. Um, you know, I saw he's got a hit tool and he's got power tools, man. So I saw he ran in one clip a 3-6 down the first baseline. You know, that's absolutely moving. Uh, so he's quick. I saw he started as a freshman at Arkansas and played third base and did well. So, you know, you, you start as a freshman in the SEC especially. I mean, you know, that kid can play for sure. You know, I saw a comp to, you know, Scott Kingry, Whit Merrifield. He definitely looks to have that type of build. And he just looks super athletic. And I think I can see the Kingery swing. That follow-through looks very similar. And, you know, I saw a lot of pull in the highlights I saw. and I But I definitely did see some oppo, you know, a few oppo swings and home run to dead center. So, you know, not the biggest guy, but can definitely swing it. And, you know, man, I think... You can just tell the way he swings. He has a little bit of an open stance and has a little bit of a leg kick. And, you know, he's hacking, man. So I think a lot of kids' approaches in college and you know what they're teaching kids nowadays, you know, launch, angle, exit, velo, and that leads to more strikeouts. You know, the numbers show that. So I personally am hoping to see... Um, kind of the traditional thinking of baseball and the new wave of thinking of baseball, I want to see them, you know, come together more than people just thinking about exit velo, launch angle. You know, basically, I just want to see guys cut down on the strikeouts. You know, I know dudes are chucking it and, you know, guys off speed is nasty, but... I just have appreciation for guys like, you know, Anthony Rizzo, man. The dude chokes up, and he's a 6'4", 6'5", big lefty first baseman. Dude chokes up because he doesn't like to strike out. You know, he's just trying to put a bat in the ball with two strikes. So you just you love to see things like that. And, you know, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, everyone loves the long ball. So I definitely understand why kids are doing it, why they're being taught that way, why people want to teach that. So I'm sure that's pretty much what Case Martin has going on. And But it is clear as day that the kid can play. And if he fell because he had a lot of strikeouts, then you know what? We can take a flyer on a guy like that. We If we can just get him to shorten up a little bit, he's going to be just fine. And I like taking a shortstop because... You know, we lost J.P. Crawford. I think D.D.'s going to be solid for the Phillies, but, you know, D.D.'s not young. He's not getting any younger. He's around 30. So we're going to have D.D. for 
I think he's on a two-year deal. So that's perfect. Casey Martin, got a few years in the minors, and then, you know, we'll see. But I think uh, that definitely can be a possibility at shortstop in the future. The third pick they made was a tall, lanky, right-handed pitcher of South Florida. And I honestly don't have much on him. His name's uh, Carson Ragsdale. I don't have much on him other than I saw he had a very good outing against the Florida Gators this past year. And he had 10 strikeouts in four innings. So I don't know if he threw a bunch of pitches that outing and his outing got cut short because his pitch count was up or what the case may be. But 10 strikeouts against the Gators is no small feat, you know. SEC school, of course. And I think I actually did see that he had Tommy John the year before and missed the whole season. So he, he's definitely going to be a project, man. But, you know, if he's big, you know, I assume, you know, he was drafted in the third or fourth round. He can probably chuck it a little bit, man. So we'll just have to see. You know, I, I think you could see it as a positive and negative that he had Tommy John the year before in 2018 you could see it as uh he was hurt already and you know it's just a big wild card or you know what it it could be a blessing that he was hurt the year before so he's all the way good now he's back he's healthy and we picked him up at a good time and his trajectory is only up from here so we'll see you know like i said earlier it is a crapshoot is a shit show to the fullest you know, he's going to go down to Clearwater. Hopefully, I, don't, I really don't know what minor league ball is going to be doing this summer if baseball picks back up, you know. They might not be playing minor league ball at all, but you just hope whenever rookie ball, you know, picks back up, minor league ball picks back up, you know, everybody that was drafted, they're going right to rookie ball, and then it's all about the improvement they show from there. So we'll just have to see, man. But, you know, I think I like that we took another pitcher because – my general feelings about the Phillies are that our lineup is solid. It's definitely solid. We can stroke one through eight, you know. I think you're going to see guys like Hazley and Segura and Didi. Those are the guys are going to bat in like sixth, seventh, and eighth for you. That's not, And that's pretty solid if you ask me. So, you know, I think the lineup is solid, and you just have to see – you know, we got to get Hoskins back on track. We all know he had an ugly second half last year. I think the potential and the ceiling of this offense kind of rides with him. And, you know, how, how good is Alec Bohm? I think if he can be an impact third baseman and kind of be like the best third baseman the Phillies have had since Mike Schmidt, then you're going to have something. You know, wh why can't he be a Chris Bryant type of player? All I was seeing at the deadline last year is how we should go get Chris Bryant in this offseason, how we should go get Chris Bryant. Well, you know, if Alec Bohm is all that he's supposed to be, then just give it some time. The Phillies aren't doing shit, guys. Our bullpen's, like, we don't even have Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony's getting Tommy John, I heard. David Robertson's out. Heck, heck they have Hector Neris and basically what the Eagles had at wide receiver at the end of the year last year. It was the Phillies bullpen was such a joke last year because of injuries that they brought up JD Hammer right from double A. So 
They said that J.D. Hammer spent the day with Gabe Kapler whenever they brought him up, you know, you know, just to make him feel more comfortable and all that good stuff. And then I think he ended up throwing that night or the next night. But you know what that means, man? J.D. Hammer was not expecting to be called up to the big leagues. Like, in no scenario was he ever imagining getting called up to the big leagues last year. That's how battered with injuries their bullpen was last year. It was sad to watch, man. As somebody who has, you know, the MLB TV, I live I don't live in Philadelphia, I live in North Carolina. So I got to get the MLB TV. As someone who watches that pretty religiously on a nightly basis watching Phillies baseball and watching them go 81 and 81 last year. See, I was a guy that see I'm not you know, like I said, I'm not in Pennsylvania. I'm not in Philadelphia, so I don't listen to the Gabe Kapler post games. And you know, I do listen to WIP, so I hear some clips and like, yeah, the dude's a dummy. The way he talks and doesn't you know, necessarily hold players accountable in the media all the time. I, I get the gripes with the media that they had with him, but if you ask me, as far as like on the field, it's amazing to me that they went 81 and 81 last year and it's amazing that statistically they did end up having like the fourth lowest ERA bullpen wise in the second half like that's mind blowing because you're running dudes out like Mike Marin and Jared Hughes so I just until the bullpen and your impact arms like Sir Anthony and David Robertson are healthy you just don't really have a chance to like seal games at the end you know when when it gets high leverage against Atlanta and Freddie Freeman is up you can't be relying on and I, I was gonna say Jose Alvarez but Jose Alvarez really isn't that bad but he's a good guy to have in your bullpen but when you have to rely on guys like him in the most important spots when you just you don't have your best pitchers available to you like you just can't have realistic expectations to win so i always thought that gabe kind of overachieved with what he had out there and plus the starting pitching has been pretty bad as well aside from nola on a consistent, and Zach Eflin has been consistently around a four ERA, so he's been all right. But aside from Nola and one other pitcher, Eflin, who has been all right, it's been super inconsistent and pretty bad. So I just think the Phillies overall lack the pitching that it takes to actually compete. So anyway... I love that they picked another pitcher in the fourth round, I think it was. You know, it definitely can't hurt. And then their last draft pick, Baron Radcliffe, big left-handed hitter out of Georgia Tech. I saw, you know, a few clips of him just hitting, like, Ryan Howard moonshots to right field. That's who I saw. That's who I, my comp, when I saw him run around the bags, Big dude. I don't know if he plays, you know, right field or first base or if he's a DH type, but if he's an outfielder, I like it because 
Harper's really your only long-term, like, locked-in guy. This this Radcliffe's definitely not a center fielder. So, you know. Maybe Hazley ends up being the long-term center fielder. But you got guys like Mickey Moniak. You know, you got guys like that in the minor leagues, too. So, I think the rest of the outfield, in the for the future, at least... You know, Andrew McCutcheon is going to have a few years, but long term, you know, Harper's locked in for 12 more years. So I'm just saying, you know, nothing's really locked in aside from Harper in the outfield. So definitely love the pick. I saw he, you know, he might have hit like 230 last year, which is, you know, you'd like to see that higher. And he might be a high strikeout guy, but, you know, you can't teach that type of power. So, you know, I think. You know, baseball executives, you know, they feel like the coaching. And, you know, they're definitely right to think this. The guys in the Phillies organization, you, know, you, you can't teach that type of pop. But you definitely think you can help with approach and just overall hitting philosophy. So if you can get Radcliffe to not strike out and Casey Martin to just cut down on their Ks, the tools are there. And that's why these kids are drafted. And and they had successful college careers. Like I said, Casey Martin started at Arkansas as a freshman, playing third base, worked his way over to shortstop. And, you know, like I said, has the power, has the hit tool, you know, has the speed, and has the athleticism. So plenty of tools. Just We'll just see how it plays out in the minor leagues. And then Radcliffe, you, I think they probably just drafted a stick, and they're just going to – you know, work with them on the swing and miss. But like I said, you can't teach that type of power, so it's definitely worth it. So, yeah, last year, Phillies went 81 and 81. You got Girardi now, and, you know, I, like I said, I don't think Gabe Kapler was as much to blame with the actual, like, on the field, you know, managing the team. But, Joe Girardi is obviously an upgrade. So I can't wait for that. And hopefully this pitching coach can relate to these arms a little bit more than the previous guys. You know, we got young arms that have good velo and, you know, have some decent off speed. I think the general, my general gripe is like Nick Pavetta. There's no reason that that dude shouldn't have a changeup. You can't just throw fastball curveball and think you can get away with that in the MLB it really doesn't matter how hard you throw so Aaron Nola I don't know if you you know if you remember Aaron Nola came up a few years back and he was only throwing you know sinkers fastballs and curveballs Aaron Nola didn't become a dude until he started throwing his changeup so that's why people are so high on Mick Abel or Mick Abel we got to figure out how to pronounce that last name but Three plus pitches, man. Having the changeup, man. All right, a well located fastball is the best pitch in baseball, but a changeup. If you throw a good changeup, you're not touching that. Because dudes hang breaking balls all the time, those get hit. But you got a good changeup along with a good fastball, you're going to be successful. So, you know, Mick Abel, Mick Abel, Mick Abel. 
he's mid 90s with a good change and a good curveball. I, the the breaking ball I saw, it, it was almost like a slurve. You know, it wasn't like a hard slider because he was spotting it up. He wasn't like throwing it in the dirt. I saw one where he threw in the dirt, but he was getting guys, you know, called strike three on full counts. And I think the velo on it was, you know, 85, 86, 87 maybe, but with just really good movement on his breaking ball. So he is definitely one that we got to keep an eye on. And, you know, you hope that you can envision a rotation in three years. You hope you could have Nola, Wheeler, Spencer Howard, and Micah Bell. And then hopefully you can figure out a fifth pitcher. Hopefully it's Zach Eflin. I think Zach Eflin can be all right. Like I said, out of the Vinny Velos, the Nick Pavetta, and Zach Eflin, he's been the most consistent. Zach Eflin has been the most consistent. He's probably been our second best pitcher besides Nola. When you look at consistency, he's been right around a four ERA, man. And Pavetta and Benny Velo, they just they haven't been good. So you'd hope that a new pitching coach could figure one of those guys out. We just the Phillies need one of these guys other than the four that I named. If you can get one of these guys to turn out, man, they're gonna be sitting in a good spot. And then if they can get the bullpen healthy for twenty twenty one, you know, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. But until next time Hope you guys enjoyed this pod talking about the fills.